This is the MIBTOnline.com podcast featuring recordings from our weekly and monthly live streaming meetings. To see the videos discussed in the podcast and be part of the discussion, please consider joining our association at MIBTOnline.com. Now, here's the show. Tim Key for MIBTOnline.com. Welcome to our football meeting. It is Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Central. We're here to talk football. And you notice I said football meeting because guess what? We're going to have basketball meetings starting on November, I'm sorry, December. Let me try that again. October 4th, Sunday, October 4th, 7 p.m. Central. So for those of you who officiate basketball as well, we're going to start our basketball meetings. A couple other things uh, we'll get into in a moment in in the announcements, but uh, I want to welcome everybody in. Like I said, we're here to talk football for as long as we can because there's football going on all over the country, not here locally where we broadcast from in Illinois. We got it going on in Alabama. I think it's going on in other parts of the country as well, Utah. So all over, but just in, it's just very spotty. So thanks for being here. Thanks for taking some time to make yourself a better official. Once again, like I said, I, I'm Tim Kiefer, and we're going to run down uh, what tonight we're going to talk about and kind of go through the agenda and the announcements and whatnot. So we'll get right to that, and we'll get we'll get this uh, show rolling. So first thing uh, tonight is we'll have the announcements, then the play of the week, which was last week, the DPI question. Alabama plays. We'll get a little bit more into what we're talking about there, uh, thanks to Stan Brown, who's with us. Play of the week for this week, and then we'll do our call-in questions, or in call-in line as well. We'll have that hopefully back up and running. So our announcements. I just like to throw this up every week really quick to just kind of remind everybody. The podcast, the Facebook page, we haven't gotten a lot of new likes on the Facebook page. So do me a favor, like go to that page and then when it goes it says share with all your friends. Share it, if you're a member, share it with all your officiating friends. Help us out with that. Twitter, we're getting a lot of action on Twitter these days, but keep, you know, tweeting, retweeting, do all that stuff if you're involved with that. YouTube, our YouTube page, we do a lot of free stuff. we got a lot more coming out on our YouTube page, so you want to subscribe if you haven't. I'm sure many of you have, but... Also tell people about that. Our apparel and gear, which we introduced last week. Unfortunately, we just were going to bring up the site again, but right now I guess the company that that does our our orders, that processes our orders, I guess their website's having a little difficulty. But at some point, go get that apparel. You get this great, you know, shirt. You'll see Robert with one in a minute. I think Stan's got his on. Join the, you know, get wear it with pride. You know, uh, it's it's nice that we have it. So um, that's interesting. I don't know why that plays there. We'll go that. So, oh, I know why. We're going, to go to, we're going to go to the play of the week right away because I want to kind of keep this moving. Before we go to the play of the week, though, let's uh, run around the panel and see who we have today. I know for sure we've got a couple. Let's start out with, uh, let's see, I'll let Alex. Alex, we're going to start out with uh, Bill Amanier. And Bill just got his whole setup to do his ESPN from home today. So, Bill, are you looking forward to uh, you know, doing your, your thing from your house as, uh, this weekend? I think it's going to be interesting, maybe even a little bit awkward, but we're going to do a test run tomorrow uh, from Br- Bristol's going to send plays to me through their feed and uh, see how they're doing it mainly for the timing. One, to see how good the video is when I get it and how quickly I can respond and what any delays would be. So that would be interesting. But congratulations on the basketball part of MIBT. You know, I did basketball for eight years and then passed the sanity test, so I wasn't allowed to do it anymore. <laughs> but um, you guys, I, I look forward. I, I'm going to tune in and watch a few of those. 
Well, there, there you go. You're going to see my basketball knowledge. I think I'm going to be over where Alex is. We're going to bring other people in. You guys are tired of seeing my mug. All right, Stan Brown, I know we got Stan with us. Uh, you know, Stan's from Alabama, and we called this the, the, our meeting tonight the Alabama Cutoff because Stan sent us a bunch of plays. We're going to go through a couple of them. Stan, how are you doing today? Uh, we're good. I'm uh, gearing up. I've got a doubleheader middle school game tomorrow night and another uh, seven-man varsity game on Friday night, and it's still 91 degrees down here. So uh, uh, I may I may have some extra water involved. All right. Well, yeah, stay hydrated. That's the most important. I, I guess Mike Bilk isn't with us tonight. I was curious. You might have heard me whispering, is Mike here? Um, but, uh, <laughs> but Mike is not here. So uh, we're going to just uh, get things wrong. But before we do that, I can't forget one of the most important people of our organization. He's the person who's behind, also behind the scenes doing the, the chat and, and communicating and keeping me in line. He's over to my left. You're right, Robert Ybarra. Robert, welcome everyone. Hey, this is what I have. This is what I live for is Wednesday nights with you. So <laughs> chat, text, communicate, and I mean that. I'm not working on the field, so I'm trying to learn and become a better official through you tonight through the video. Thank you for joining us. All right, so Robert, like I said, he's there to man the chat. I want to thank everybody for watching. We're going to get right to it. We're going to get right to the things uh, just so we can kind of keep moving along. I don't know how long we'll be here. We'll see. You know, I've been thinking these meetings are going to be a little bit shorter because we're going to have more of them as we move on, but we've been, we've been filling up the hour. So we'll see how it goes tonight. So let's go wide. We're going to go to the play of the week. And I just want to remind everybody what we were talking about so they get it's fresh in their mind before we go to the results. So you see, we just got a, a pass play here. Quarterback drops back, and now we've got this play, and so you see the play. Now let's go to the, let's go to the results. So the play of the week results right now. Is this defensive pass interference? That was the question, okay? 50% said yes, 50% said no. 50-50. I don't think we've ever had a 50-50. We've had close, but this was a pure 50-50. 50. Pretty crazy. So uh, here are some of the comments that came in through the email. Howie said no. no. Uh, Brian H. said no. Mike H. said no. And uh, no. And then first, and then after many views, he changed to yes. George said DPI. Mike B. said no, maybe OPI. Tom said DPI. Here's the Twitter comments. If anything occurs here, I would have OPI. So here's another OPI. Uh, you can read that. Elias, number 16, not playing the ball, cuts off the receiver, prevents him from making the catch. He's got DPI. And Arthur says, yes, cut off. So those are the comments. And you can see they're kind of right down the middle. And I appreciate everybody who commented. So before, before we get back to the play, I want to remind everybody what the categories that we have of DPI and OPI. So you're, it's fresh in your head because... When we examine a play like this, this is what we want to do. But before I do that, now, a lot of times we might kind of just jump around, but before we go through the, the categories, I want to run around and I'll let everybody on the panel get a chance to kind of say their, their, their piece, but I just want to get their, your initial reaction. Just give me a, kind of your initial take from just seeing the, the film raw, and then we'll go through it and we'll break it down a little bit more. So I'll start with Stan on this one. Stan, you saw the play. What did you have? I think it's DPI. That's how I would vote. Okay, you got DPI. 
Bill Lamagne, you saw the play. You know, you see, you see what we got here. What do you got? I've got DPI. I've got the defender not playing the ball. He's cutting to the outside. The receiver can see the ball, cuts to the inside. I don't see the – I want to watch it again to see if I see a hand push off because I didn't pick up on that before. But um, I, I don't see this defender doing anything playing the ball until after, after – uh, He's already gotten in the way of the uh, and contacted the uh, offensive receiver. So I, I go DPI on this one. Okay. And last but certainly not least, Robert Yabara. Robert, your initial reaction when you see this play? Well, I'm going to have to, uh, you know, not go with the unanimous here. I'm going with no, no foul. I have one receiver, number three. It's easy. He's the only key for the back judge to focus in on. And uh, when I throw a flag, I say, that's a foul, that's a foul, that's a foul. And here I say, no foul. So right. I don't have a foul here. All right, great. I appreciate everybody. Like I said, I'll, I'll tell you what I think here in a moment. But this is the category. So here are the categories of PI, reminding everybody. So if you're going to have pass interference, whether it's OPI or DPI, you have to ask yourself, does it fall into these categories? Because this helps us determine if we actually do have that. So early contact, Probably not. Playing through the ball, not here. Grab and restrict, no. Hook and turn, didn't see that. Arm bar, probably not. Cutoff, yeah, we had a couple people say cutoff. So if we're going to have a DPI, out of these uh, restrictions, or out of these categories, I should say, we're probably going to go with cutoff here if we have something. Going to the OPI, we didn't have blocking or driving through. We didn't have a pick. Now, some people thought there was some separation created. I don't know if we saw that, but that's what they had. So if you got OPI, you got to put it in in one of these categories. And if that's what you have, that's what you have. So now we're going to remember our categories. So we're going to continue on though. I want to, we're going to dive into the rule book here real quick. And you know, we like to do this, kind of pull out the rule and see exactly what the rule says. And so that way we can kind of talk mechanics, rule, philosophy, and kind of go back and forth and see if everything lines up. So this is 7510, right out of the rule book. It is pass interference if any A or B player interferes with the opportunity to move toward, catch, or bat the pass. So I want you to remember move toward because I think that kind of might come into play here. And now it's not pass interference from 7-5-11 if contact is unavoidable in a bona fide attempt to move toward, catch, or bat the pass. Bona fide attempt. So we got to we got to remember that one. So we'll go to the we're going to go I'm going to get out of the PowerPoint right now and pull up the play. So let's pull up the play right now here real quick and we're going to break it down kind of like what Robert was saying. I want to start out it's always it's always good for us to start out with what who's got what on this. So we'll go wide on this play and let's talk about formation. So we're going to we're going to see right now if you're looking at the formation, we'll start out with line of scrimmage officials. They're going to have four in the backfield. You got the quarterback here. That's one. You've got two, three, four. So there's your four in the backfield. So that means we hopefully have seven on the line. One thing I want to point out is that here's your center. Here's your guard. Here's your tackle. And there's an extra tackle here. Now that's fine because it's just an unbalanced line. But we have to ask ourselves over here if this is an eligible receiver. That is a possibility. So it's something to be aware of, especially if you, if you are the H up here. You need to know, because that would be your receiver. 
if that person's wearing an eligible number. But right now we've just got a, we've got a, just a simple unbalanced line. So hopefully our back judge who's out here can recognize that this is a lineman and that because of the end, he's going to probably go out here because he's got nowhere else to go for one. Okay. That's going to be the back judge's key. The other thing that you want to look at is that the line judge who's looking right down at this, this is a potential competitive matchup. So I don't know if the line judge is going to come off of this right away. The line judge might peek at this, but the line judge also has to be aware that there's an extra lineman out there that maybe our umpire and maybe that our referee might not be able to pick up. So our, our line judge initially might take a look at this, but then may have to go and help because this is going to go to the back judge. The back judge has nothing else. So that's ultimately now we know where everybody is looking. Okay, so that's the most important thing to start off. So that way we know what's going on on the play. All right, going back wide on the play, we're going to see what happens. Now, if you look, read the play, everybody, block, everybody goes into pass blocking. Everybody. Doesn't matter who's eligible or what. Everybody except for the, the receiver down at the bottom of the screen, everybody's pass blocking. So if this is a pass, there's only one place this pass is going, and it's going to this guy down here. So if I'm the line judge, yeah, I'm probably going to have to help with this, but I also want to peek at this because this is still a, ma a competitive matchup. There's still stuff going on. If I'm the back judge, I need to come across on this, and definitely I have nothing else to look at here, so I better be, be focused in on this from the get-go. Now, this, this game was lucky enough to have a side judge, too. So if you've got a side judge out here, you're going to have two people looking at this. How about that? I mean, that's, that's going to be great. But it doesn't matter, five, seven, we know who's watching this now because it's the only thing going on. So back to the play, you're going to see the ball is in the air. Now, real time, it's like, what happens? All right, I let it play real time. I'm going to walk it back step by step now. And sometimes, you know, we can get fooled by slow motion, but I want, to, I want to point out a couple things. So right now, the ball is in the air. So the ball just got thrown. This defender is looking back. He knows the ball's in the air. This defender's looking back. He knows the ball's in the air. And the receiver's looking back. They know the, he knows the ball's in the air. So all three of these players know the ball is in the air. So Pass restrictions, uh, defensive pass and offensive pass restrictions, which sometimes vary depending on team and whatnot, they're now active for both offense and the defense because the ball is in the air. We have a, a legal forward pass, ball's in the air, defensive and offensive pass interference restrictions apply. So we're moving through now. Now we change this. Now, the, once again, the ball's in the air. Let's see if I can go one more frame where it gets a little clearer. I want to back up before he turns. You can see right now, this player is not looking at the ball. This player is not looking at the ball. The offensive player is looking at the ball. So that's, that's kind of just important to take note of. Now as we play on, now you can see the ball has not arrived yet, but at the last second, the defender does, this defender does turn and look. The ball is right there. That's where the ball is. It's coming down. The defender does take a look there at the, uh, at the last second to see what happens. And then, now we'll play it through. It looks like there's contact. And I don't necessarily see the offensive player doing anything. I think the offensive player is just attempt, making an attempt to catch the ball. 
and the defensive player runs runs by and then looks you know downfield was there contact yeah there might have been a little bit of contact now here's where things get here's where things get interesting going back to the rule reference so the first you know the first part what we talked about was you know moving towards or, or, or I should say impeding the progress of a player in an attempt to get the ball so is you have to ask yourself is this player right here impeding the progress of this player because and not allowing him to move towards the ball okay so that's the first first question then the second question that comes up I would say because that's the first judgment the second judgment in my opinion would be does the defender because the defender does have every right to that space does the defender make a bona fide attempt to catch the ball to go for the ball now my opinion on it is that no I don't believe that he does and the reason why is because you don't try to catch a ball with your hands down at your side this guy almost looks like he's trying to box out that player you go like this to catch the ball you don't keep your hands down here to try and catch a ball so my opinion based off of this even though he's starting to look back he's he never made a bona fide attempt to catch the ball he just got in his way thus I personally believe that this would fall into the cutoff category and I would I would support DPI in this I would have a DPI because I believe that the defender impeded the offensive player from moving toward the ball per the rule and he also the defensive player did not make a bona fide attempt to go for a catch which if the if, if I see the the defender put do anything put his hands out try to go even one hand I'm going I'm giving the benefit of the doubt then to the defender because in my mind now he's making a bona fide attempt I don't think he made a bona fide attempt thus by rule you would be supported if you went DPI but once again it was 50 50 right right down the road so we're gonna I know I saw Robert typing so I know he's got some stuff in the chat so we're gonna finish up with Robert but I want to jump around real quick and based off of that now I know Stan had DPI and I also know that uh, Bill had DPI Bill from what I was explaining from from the rule I mean from a philosophy standpoint though this does make sense would you would you agree yeah, if these two guys were running side by side or one right in front of the other the whole time and you just had some foot entanglement, then, uh, you know, I'd have nothing. But this defender, he needed to do what you said. He needed to look over his right shoulder. He needed to start putting his hands up in the air. Uh, and he showed no attempt to uh, to go after the football, after the pass. So, I again, I, I support a DPI call here. Okay, Robert, so you know you, you didn't. You said you didn't want, you thought that there wasn't enough for you. I know you've got some comments too, so what do you think? C continue on with this discussion. Yeah, you bet. I'd I like to bring in the viewers if that's okay. Absolutely. So th thank you, viewers, for uh, participating and texting in with your comments. We have a viewer stating, what gives uh, A, number three, the right to a space occupied by B, number six? Uh, did he impede him? Well, he was actually in, didn't he wasn't beat, and he didn't cheat. He would just happen to be in the way, in the path of where the ball trajectory was going, and the receiver needed to go. So um, that's the question. What well, gives what gives B or uh, A three the right to the space occupied by B six? Well, so here I'll pull up the I'll pull up the reference again. So 
It's pass interference if A or B player interferes with the opportunity to move towards. So it doesn't matter. He has every right to that space, but he can't interfere with the opportunity for a player to move towards it. So yeah, he has every right to that space, but if he's interfering with that opportunity to move towards, towards the catch or to bat the pass, then that by right out of 7-5-10 could be interference. And it's not pass interference if that contact was unavoidable. So he has every right to that spot. And if he's making a bona fide attempt to catch that ball, it's not pass interference. But that's where the judgment on this play comes in. Yeah, if you thought that was good enough, you thought that he turned over and, and that contact was in line with him going for the ball, then boom, you're supported by rule here. But I think to your question, he does have the right to that spot, but he does not have the right to impede or in this case, what the rule says, interfere with the opportunity to move toward. Just right out of the book. Robert. Yep. Um, one of the philosophies I share through uh, John O'Neill is always love your flag. And when you watch this play at full speed, uh, a foul does not jump out at you. You don't see a safety issue here. It's not an obvious situation that you have to go get it. And again, when you repeat in your mind, is this the, that's a foul, that's a foul, that's a foul, you will throw your flag. But here you don't have that type of rhythm. You're like... No, it's not jumping out at you. And to read the quotes directly from these viewers, uh, it's a hyper-technical foul if it's called. It's a ticky-tacky foul if it's called. And I would not love my flag if it was called. Okay, I'm going I'm to let the expert respond to this. Bill Lamagne, is this a ticky-tack call? You know, it's obviously it's a questionable call. I mean, it's going to raise eyebrows. It's going gonna, it's gonna to get a reaction from uh, people on it. But the, the bottom line to it is, is that that defender was not playing the ball. And he had a, a movement cutting out to the left, taking the path away from the receiver who was trying to get to the ball. So tic-tac-y, uh, I, don't, I don't agree with that. But um, I can understand where people are coming from. But I, I still am going to tell you, I'm not saying I think it's a foul. It is pass interference. So. There you, you heard you heard from Bill, and I appreciate everybody's you know response and, and that and and what you know we had a lot of responses too, like I said, on the email, and I, I I'll go back to judgment because there is judgment involved here. The rule reference is there, and I wanted to point out the rule reference so you have rule basis for whether you're going to call this or not. If you truly believe this to be a ticky tack game interrupter, whatever, not a safety foul, all the things that Robert said, fine. But then what is your support behind that? And you can clearly say by rule I, that I don't believe he impeded the, or, or, got, or did not allow the offender, the, I'm sorry, the offensive player, the opportunity to catch the ball. And the defender had every right to it. And you felt the defender was going and making a bona fide attempt to catch the ball. And if that's what you have, that's what you have ultimately. And you are supported by rule. But just understand that if you're going to go that way, if you're going to go pass on this, if somebody asks you that question, be able to support it that way. Just don't say this was a ticky-tack foul. Say why it was, why you didn't want to go that way. And that's why I'm not trying to bring up the rule to just prove my point or, or go with what Bill and I are saying or Stan. It's important to use that rule reference to also defend a call that you don't make. And so now you know why. And it's, it's, just, it's just there. Robert, is there any uh, like last thoughts on this or anything like that? 
Yeah, the last viewer just said, you know, when you slow it down and, and you freeze frame it and you draw around it, yeah, yeah, you can support it. But when you're physically on the field watching this one time, I mean, is a foul really jumping out to you on the field? We had a side judge that passed. We had a back judge who passed. Uh, and, uh, you know, just, just as it is, when you work your game on a Friday night and uh, you make a judgment call, judgment is what it is, judgment. Right, and that's exactly what it is. Now, I will say this, okay? Out of those categories, you saw what was at the bottom, cutoff. We don't see cutoffs very often, and I think they can surprise us. And so to your point, Robert, yeah, back judge, side judge passed on this. Probably even a line judge who was looking across the top passed on this. But these are one of those fouls that you don't see all the time. In fact, I, I, we did a presentation out in Iowa. We talked about uh, this type of a play, and I didn't have one. And then I found this one, which at least is close, whether you agree or disagree, it's a close to being a cutoff. If there's going to be anything here, it would be a cutoff. And I think sometimes that jumps out at us. So once again, if you are... If, if you're going to pass on this, fine, but understand where, what the rule says and that a cutoff, you know, getting just because I'm allowed to occupy that space, if I impede, and that's offense or defense, by the way, if I impede that person who's trying to make a bona fide attempt and I don't make the bona fide attempt, then I'm guilty of a foul. And ticky tack or not, you know, this one you want to pass on, fine, but be ready for the cutoff when it happens so you're not surprised and you're able to process it and move on. So I think we're good. I think, uh, Robert, we're good, right? We're good to move on? We're good. All right, Let's we're good on. to move on. All right, we're going to move on. We're going to head to, uh, we're gonna head to Sweet Home Alabama and uh, talk about some plays that Stan sent in. So now, you know, Stan's going to be the star here. And we're going to keep it. Uh, oh, before I continue, I wanted to, last week I said we had a play about, or, or a discussion about whether or not a player coming in, because we had our substitution discussion, player coming into the nines, whatnot, we were gonna talk about that. We're gonna talk about that next week because that's gonna go along with our play of the week for this week. So if you were like, hey, when are you gonna talk about the, the, the nine yards and the formations and stuff like that? I, I promise that's next week because that's gonna go along with our play of the week. But this week, we're gonna stick with DPI right now and we're gonna go down to Alabama and we're gonna pull up a play that's a couple plays that Stan sent in, at least one here, which is, the, which is DPI or a potential DPI. Oops, let's see if we, uh, let's try that again. All right, hang on, my computer's locking up here. Let's, all right, we're going to pull up the, the drawing now. Like I said, we want to start this by knowing exactly what we're doing. So let's go wide on this. And so we've got trips, trips left. So if we look at it, we've got a receiver on the end, we've got a slot, we've got a slot. So one, two, three. That's our receivers. And then we've got a receiver up here, one. So this is pretty simple. Whether you've got, if you've got seven, then you're lucky. You got, but we're going to talk about if you only have five. Because seven, you're going to cover this. Five, it's going to be a little bit more difficult to decide where you're going. So going back to the play, now mechanics out of the, you know, Federation Mechanics says our back judge is probably gonna come out over here to the end. All right, that's fine. I personally think, I don't know why you'd want a back judge going all the way out there, but that's okay because it's not gonna matter because look at all this stuff right here. That's green. So there are no matchups. There are no competitive matchups at the snap. So we're gonna to go to zone right away. So whether you key on the end, if you're, if you're the back judge or you do wanna to key to the middle, it really doesn't matter because you're gonna zone up right away. The only potential matchup 
is at the top of the screen, and that's not even really a matchup because there looks to be about four to five yards between these two. So we know as soon as the ball is snapped, we're going to go to zone. However, if you look at our umpire right here and our referee over here, they have to recognize that there are four receivers that potentially could go in the pattern. So they're probably not going to get help with the line play. Understand that because you're going to have the other three officials, if you only have five, that are going to be focused in downfield. So now we'll, we'll let it play out. And you can see it's a pass. You read pass. One of the receivers stays in, so that's nice. But you got this receiver here, you got this receiver here, and this receiver here. If I'm the back judge out here, I'm probably going to be focusing my attention more over here than up here. And the reason why is because I should have my H looking at this. Because what else is he going to look at? Could he help on this tackle? Maybe, but we've got hopefully a referee and an umpire is now out of our picture looking at that. So, and of course our line judge is also going to be looking down over here too because there's just some, it just looks like there's some stuff going on. And when you have two receivers next to each other, you always have the potential for a pick or an OPI. So you don't want to give up on that. So we're going to let the play continue. Now you see number 13 comes in like this. He could be blocking that guy, but maybe not because number 24 is going out here. So I'm still, if I'm the back judge, I'm still kind of keeping an eye on this because there's still a lot of stuff going on. And I might be peeking over to my right to see what these guys are doing. Kind of that scan, back and forth, back and forth. And if I'm line of scrimmage, same thing. I'm kind of looking back and forth, seeing what's going on. So if I see any potential issues, I'm ready to, to pick up on that right away. So we'll let the play play out. Now, now he ends up, now he ends up throwing to the other side. And it's just a, it's a long pass. And you see there's contact there. I'll let it play again. But before I do that, remember how we work through our progressions. We figure out what our key is. Then we go to zone. And then when the ball's in the air, we go to the ball. So now everyone's going to the ball here. And when I say everybody, I mean the people who are in pass coverage. Umpire, uh, referee, don't give up on, and, or if you're backside, don't give up on your backside responsibilities. But if you don't have backside responsibilities, you're going to the ball. So now the ball's in the air. So this game has seven. So we're, we should have at least three officials looking at this. And I'll let it play. You can see it's, it's kind of in the distance. You kind of lose the ball, but the ball's right there. The ball is right here, right now. So, you know, what, what ends up happening with the ball? Does it get hit? We're going to look at it from the, we're going to look at this one from the end zone shot now. So, I, you know, I, the, the end zone shot, we'll show it here. Let me uh, just play it through you. So it's going to be to your right. You're going to look at, you know, to the right of the screen. Here comes the ball. And so we ask ourselves now, when we walk through a play like this, we ask ourselves the categories again. It doesn't look like offensive pass interference, so we're going to leave those categories on the shelf right now. But from a defensive standpoint, remember, they took out face guarding in high school football. So face guarding is not, is not even in our vocabulary. We're not even going to worry about that. But if somebody is doing what looks to like used to be that, I'm not even going to say the word, were they playing the ball, and was there early contact? So I'm going to start with Stan, because Stan sent this in. Stan, I'm sure you had some discussions locally about this one. Where are you at on it, and what was the thoughts you know, locally? Uh, well, when I, uh, when I looked at the film, I, obviously I was not in this game. But when I looked at the uh, uh, film, I did question it because it looks like it's it was it's DPI and it was not called. There was no flag on the play, uh, and I don't know exactly 
what the side judge who was there, what he determined, unless he determined the ball arrived at the same time as the contact by the defender. Uh, but from the viewing of the, the video, it, it sure looks like the defender made early contact. So, y'all, run, run back to the video real quick. I, put, I brought up a still. There's the ball, and there's the defender. You know, looks like he's starting to get into him. But we go back to the philosophy of from a bang-bang standpoint and what exactly kind of what Stan was saying is that did the, did the official on this one think that the contact was pretty much simultaneous when the ball arrived? I mean, that's where that judgment comes in into play. So you see the side judge's position, and, and I know Stan, he was talking with us earlier but before he came on the air about positioning with seven officials because sometimes we're not used to working seven officials, and the side judge kind of looks like he got straight line on this. But so let's eliminate the side judge here. The back judge should be looking over the top on this, and I'm going to throw this over to Robert because Robert works a lot of back judge. So Robert... As a back judge, you're looking over the top of this. What are your keys and what are you thinking about when you, know, you go from the left, you see all this stuff going, and now you're, you're, gonna, you're going to the ball and you're focusing on the right. What are, what are, how are you progressing through a play like this? In high school, it's much easier. I, I did work collegiately, and there it's more challenging because the quarterbacks are more skilled at looking off receivers and then throwing to the open uh, receiver. High school, unless you have you know, top-notch quarterbacks, Division I caliber, most quarterbacks telegraph where they're throwing. And if you watch this play, I only watch, I mean, I watched that quarterback's eyes at the, right at the snap, and he looked exactly where he was throwing. So as a back judge, it's so easy, especially if you know what type of skilled quarterback you have on game night. And in this particular case, my eyes would have gone straight to that receiver that was heading deep, and I would have made sure my angle was excellent so I could see through both the defender and the receiver before the ball arrived to get a good angle. So there you go. I mean, looking at this, obviously, secondhand, did, did you have the contact earlier or did you have it simul pretty much simultaneous? This is a situation where, you know, we don't have five men in Illinois, so I'm, I'm going to put a lot of pressure on the back judge. We do uh, have five. You mean. Oh, we only have five, we only have five <laughs> in Illinois. So I, we don't have the luxury of the deep wing Correct. to support us. I, I can understand in Alabama if they have a deep wing where the back judge may kind of give a little empowerment to the deep wing because it's closer to that position official in the field. But in Illinois, I'm going to take ownership. And I had a play like this in week three last season, and I called it because the ball was not, clearly not there yet, and the, defeater, the defender did have early contact. And I threw in it was a big play uh, towards the last minute of the game, which set up uh, nearly a tight uh, score. So, yeah, I, I, I know the significance of these type of plays, and you definitely, as a back judge, recognize that, get a good angle, and know where the ball is uh, before the early contact is because you're, you're, you have to be held accountable to make that judgment. Well, and I actually agree because, I, you know, not that this is a little different play than the first play we looked at, but still, you know, not playing the ball, not going back and just kind of having that, I would like to see something. And even if it's bang, bang, I'm, and a play like this, since they're not playing the ball and they, they're, they weren't really playing the ball from the get-go, you know, I want it to really be bang, bang. If I see any separation, if I see the ball, and I can clearly see the ball before the contact, you know, I'm going to probably give the, the – the onus, put the onus on the defense here and, and call this DPI. Bill, we'll, we'll finish up with you. You, saw, you see a play like this. We talk about you know, philosophy and stuff and not playing the ball and that they took base guarding out of high school, which is great, but I think sometimes when they do that, as, and, and this can happen at any level, when they take out a rule, then we kind of, you know, the pendulum swings back almost too far because we're, oh, that's base guard. We don't call that, but not forgetting that we still have contact and that's still a foul. Would you agree with that? 
Yeah, I have contact early on this one. Um, the, the thing I'd, I'd like to, you know, just comment on, if you have the luxury of a crew of seven like this and you're the back judge, just because it's over on this closer to the deep wing, doesn't mean you have to kind of succeed to that official. It, it, we're talking about we're off our keys, we're in the zone coverage, and who has the clear angle or the clearest angle to make the call? And I'd, I'd like to see it mechanically – I think the back judge could have put himself in a little better position if he wasn't looking back over his shoulder, which we saw in the end zone shot. He was turning and running. I would have liked to seen him read this play and be more agile with his back pedal so he would keep this, this in front of him more. Uh, I think that would give him a better opportunity to make a, a sounder. up. Either official, I think, uh, should have had a flag or both officials for the early contact, not playing the ball. Okay, Robert, uh, what's, the, what's the chat on this? What's, uh, we go, what's some of the feedback? Yeah, to echo Bill's comments, the viewers are sharing exactly what Bill said. You know, unfortunately, due to the movements of uh, you know, the deep wing here, they didn't keep good spacing and the play got on top of them. It's unfortunate because the deep wing has the outside receiver and it's going into your zone. So, you know, you should be able to keep uh, the athleticism to stay in a good cushion position. And uh, likewise with the back judge, of course you want to maintain an open hip view to get a good angle. You'd never want to have just an one head check over your shoulder to get an angle uh, in an ideal situation. Uh, so that's why it reminds us to uh, be fit and active and be athletic. So there you go. So that's one of those, those things to remember, trying to keep your angle and, and not get beat. That's, the, you know, that's, that's huge. And it's, it's easier said than done. We understand, but that's what we talk about it. You know, that's why we're here. So that way, if that happens, whether you have five or seven, you're able to, uh, to adjust and be ready for that and keep it you know, boxed in and keep that angle. And just remember that face guarding is not a foul, but contact is. Just remember that. So, all right, we're going to move to our next play. We're going to come off the pass interference. we got some safety stuff that, that Stan sent in. And, and I, I want to talk about this one because there's a couple of different play scenarios here as we, we move through. And you know, blocking below the waist is a safety fall. And so is clipping. And the free blocking zone has rules. And we could probably spend a whole uh, meeting talking about the free blocking zone. But remember, you know, when the ball is in the zone, then you can have a block below the waist. Um, but you can't ever have a clip. So just keep that in mind as we watch this film clip. Not the clip clip, the film clip. So keep that in mind as we go wide on this. So I want you to focus in, if you're the, you know, pretend you're the line judge on this, or maybe an umpire or even a uh, referee, you've got, you know, you've got a tackle here and you've got, I'm sorry, a guard here and you've got a tackle here. So watch what the tackle does and you're going to see right there. So now you can go back and you can say the ball, is the ball in the zone still when he, when he initiates contact? Eh, it's right, yeah, the ball is right here. So the ball is still in the zone, because remember the, the zone goes three yards this way and four yards that way. So the ball, you know, from the original point of the line of scrimmage where the ball was. So the ball is in the zone, but you can see that you've got contact here. And, you know, it, it, so block, they can block below the waist, but I have to ask myself, is this a clip? Because I think a lot of times we forget that a clip is illegal in the free blocking zone. 
And so that would be the question. Robert's raising his hand. What do you got, Robert? Well, we, we have a viewer who's got a flag up in the air uh, regardless because he doesn't even view the uh, formation as being legal. He views that that uh, guard and tackle are off the line of scrimmage illegally. You know, I, I, wanted, I was going to talk about formation, but see, here's the problem. And not, not that I disagree and I appreciate you looking, but we're looking at this from an angle. And if I want to, a lot of times when I want to talk about formation, you want to be looking down the line because a camera angle can make it kind of skewed. Now you can look and say, well, here's, you know, here's the line of scrimmage and here's this. But the question you have to ask yourself, there's a quarterback's waist. Is this helmet breaking the waist? We can't really tell that from this camera angle. We'll talk more about formations next week, but that was a good eye. But from the camera angle, like I said, I don't want to be critical of that because we're not looking at the same angle as the, as the line judge um, would be on this. But, you know, that's one of those, like I said, where you want to make sure, you know, we have that, um, uh, we have that play, and now is it a clip? So I'm going to go to Stan because Stan sent this in. Stan, ball still, I just showed, the ball is still in the free blocking zone, so we can't have a block below the waist, but we can't have a clip. Was that the discussion? Uh, actually, I'm not. Uh, I don't believe there was a discussion about the clip. You know, we haven't seen clips in uh, seems like forever, and I think even our um, first reaction, we don't see many QBs under center anymore. Uh, shotgun seems to be the most popular method, so we're really keen on our eyes to look for the the block below the waist and the initial charge. Uh, this was not flagged, and I believe it was not flagged because they determined that the ball was still in the blocking zone, and therefore uh, that block was able to happen. I don't think they really talked about whether or not it could have been a clip. Yeah, and, and unfortunately the end zone shot, there was some, some interference in the end zone shot, so you don't, we can't go to the end zone to really see what it looked like but that's the question is that I, I show the ball's in the zone. We don't want to necessarily split hairs on this, but because the defender's moving away and if he gets him from the side, that's, a, you know, he takes him out from the side, that's a clip below the waist. I mean, it's just, it just is. And it's a safety foul and it's one that we need to get a uh, bill, you know, going to bill on this, you know, to Stan's point, you know, a lot of quarterbacks under center, we don't see that as much anymore. And we, you know, free blockings on this or that, but don't you think sometimes we forget that, we still can't clip there? No question you can't clip. It, it, watching the play, it didn't jump out at me. Uh, the thought of a clip didn't even jump. I, I thought he came in and got him in the front um, and drove him out more to the side. But uh, it didn't jump out to me about clipping. But I'd want to look at it again. And if it is a clip, I'd want to figure out how I have to, how I have to see it better and who's responsible for that. You know, so, the umpire going to get it. The wing official going to get it. No, that's good. We'll go go to the go to the play. I I, I, I kind of froze it right where the initial contact is. So I mean, you know, you can see that it's like, you know, it's it's close. It's definitely close. And it, you know, remember like you Bill, like when they first put the illegal block below the waist rule, I kept messing with it in college and it was like, well, if the helmet, if you got him from this way, but he went this way and all that garbage, I mean, I don't know if we want to get that crazy in the woods on here, but I mean, it is a safety foul. I could understand why it was passed on, but I could, if it was called, I definitely, I think from the film, from that still, you could support from a safety aspect that you got the block below, or I'm sorry, that you got the clip. But 
if you were there and you saw it, like you said, you had the, 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 you know, the angle, you went, I, I had the, the contact starting in front. Probably for as quick as it's happening, I might want to finish it off by saying how he falls. You know, if he opens up and he's falling to his back, uh, you know, then I, I'd say, yeah, he must have got him in the back. But if he's falling face first forward, I, I have a hard time uh, justifying that as a clip. Okay. Um, well, he does kind of fall off to the side. But, Robert, I saw you typing. What, what are some of the comments from the, from the chat room? Yeah, the comments from the Chapman, chat room are when they first saw it, they did not see uh, a clip. Most of them are also agreeing that if it's a safety foul, you err on player safety. They're all in agreement on that. But when they took their view uh, on the first take, they didn't see a clip. It didn't, it didn't jump out to them either. Okay, so it's just something to be aware of on that in the rule, in a free blocking zone, a clip is illegal. You can block with the waist, but a clip is illegal. I, like I said, I could support this um, because it's just, it, it's from the side. It's, it's right there. It's borderline. But if you saw it, like what Bill was saying, you had the, the contact in the front first, then yeah, that's what you had. But somebody's got to see this and somebody's got to rule on it and just understand that that's what they have and be able to communicate that. So we're going to have another uh, block. Uh, it's kind of a, a similar play. Okay, we'll sell Bill. Bill's got a point. Let's go back to Bill. Yeah, the point I wanted to make is I, I don't have any problem with what was said by Robert in the chat room in regards to when in doubt, you know, player safety foul. But remember, that's a when in doubt philosophy. You're the primary official responsible for that call and you have doubt, then you call it for player safety. But just because it's player safety, if you don't have doubt on this and you say he got him in the front, don't put a flag down just for, for player safety. You know, it's when you have doubt and it's your primary call. Then you have a right to rule player safety fouls. But it's not an automatic just because, well, it's borderline, call it. If I see it and it's not a foul, it's not a foul. If I see it and it's a foul, it is. If I have doubt, I'll go player safety. Okay, and that's a good point. You see the call, you know the call, you make the call. We have axioms for when in doubt, and they're there. If we are not in doubt, we know what we call. So we'll go wide on this play. This is a similar play, but it, it's a little bit different in regards to the type of contact. We're still going to focus in on the left tackle, and now you kind of see him go this time. It's a little bit more square than that last contact, and the ball is definitely still in the zone. So this contact is definitely legal, and we're going to go to the end zone shot of it because you, you can see a little bit better on the end zone shot where the offensive players lined up. Unfortunately, this camera operator didn't know how to turn off all their, their functionality or whatever, but it, it, it focuses in over here and you'll see, you can see that that's straight up. On the end zone shot, there's no question here, but once again, we have to be able to recognize that and be able to rule on it. So for question, we know what we called or why we didn't call it. You know, we wouldn't want that one called because that one is, is definitely, uh, definitely straight up. So uh, I'm going to throw it over to Robert. We're going to bring, uh, I'm going to get the, uh, the phone lines up and running so we can uh, have the call in line. So just give us a couple of seconds so we can get that up. Um, Robert, just kind of, you were kind of watching the, the chat all night and just kind of give me a summary of some of the stuff that was discussed. So that way we're not, we're not missing anything. You got it. Uh, the player that's being blocked, the defender, uh, 
that player would need to be on the line of scrimmage for that block to be legal below the waist. So that's an important aspect to this play review. Had that player been off the line of scrimmage, let's say in the linebacker position, um, and uh, deemed not on the line of scrimmage, then, there, then that player, of course, cannot be blocked below the waist. So it's very important for us to remind ourselves those that can be blocked below the waist, if it's a defender, must be there on the line of scrimmage. That, that's an important element. Uh, they had a lot of viewers comment that they certainly could support a call for uh, the clipping one prior um, as well if, if a crewmate had, uh, had thrown a flag. But uh, to Bill's point, you know, that's, that's when you see the play and, uh, and, and the calling official has the doubt, then that's when the flag is being thrown. It's not just because, oh, we have a player safety foul, I'm throwing a flag. No, by no means, no, no viewer ever uh, suggested that what, whatsoever. Uh, but I appreciate everyone's comments on this tonight. Uh, we have a lot of activity here in the chat room, and it seems like everyone's engaged, and that's what we love because that's what makes us all better. And it's okay that we have different views and different commentary. Uh, that's what uh, strengthens our steel and makes us stronger. So I welcome all that. And, and I do want to uh, actually bring up one last point about uh, the pass interference, DPI or OPI scenario, if we're calling it, if we're not calling it. We had a strong viewer uh, that uh, wanted to remind us that uh, we need to be consistent sideline to sideline. So if, if, if we start making judgment calls in one direction during the contest, whether it be first quarter, second quarter, or whatever, we need to be consistent on both sides of the field throughout the entire contest. And that's the kind of table that you're setting as well. So be very mindful of that. If you passed on it early in the game, and you have a similar play later in the game, in the fourth quarter, you better be consistent throughout the game. And that was one of the viewers' uh, points, and I wanted to commend them for that. All right, well, we're, we're, we're getting, still getting connected here. Uh, Bill, you know, you heard what, what some of the viewers had to say. I mean, based off of some of those comments, I mean, what, what are your thoughts, you know, on, on these type of plays? I mean, you talked about, you know, knowing it, you know, when in doubt. But I think a lot of times people do forget, like what you're saying, when in doubt is only when it, it's in doubt. Yeah, I mean, I'm a firm believer in axioms and that, but the key thing to it is is doubt. Uh, and there's no problem if you recognize you had doubt on a call. That's not a weakness. That that's actually an asset uh, because I'm sure we've all had situations in games multiple times where we might have doubt on a play. Um, but recognize that. Recognize you had doubt on it. You know. And here's the thing: you put the flag down. Somebody else comes in and talks to you about it that had a clear look and they don't have doubt. They're taking ownership for it. So then you can pick your flag up. But remember, yeah, if I have doubt and it's not my call, my primary call, then I should stay away from it. But when I have doubt and it's my responsibility for this call, then get the flag down for player safety. And if it's not a player safety foul, then, then let the axiom be that I'm not nitpicking. You know, if it's not player safety, what was the effect? All right. Uh, I saw Robert raising his hand. Go ahead, Robert. You know, Bill, we're going to leverage your experience. And, and this is a direct question to you based on when you were on the field. You, you know, there are many times when you officiated where you had doubt on whether or not you should have thrown a flag or not. And then, of course, you did your due diligence after the game and you reviewed the film what was statistically the outcome of that analysis? Were you m more uh, statistically right for your decision when you had doubt, or were you wishing you had uh, thrown a flag in incorrect in, in during the game? Could you share some you know, of your I, experiences? I, I'm going to put it into two categories. Uh, first, let's, let's take, especially with 
most of my career being as a head referee, the holding calls, uh, even though that's not our topic today. Um, I used to write down on my card when I had that funky looking holding call, you know, and I couldn't put it in a category. I used to just at the bottom of my card, I used to write, you know, three for the quarter, the time, the player number. And I used to just put OH with a question mark. And so when I go back and I'd look at the game, look at the game film, I'd, I'd see whether or not I should have had a flag or not. Well, I'll bet in my 15 of my 20 years as, as a referee, if I would have saved all those game cards, I probably had at least two, if not three times in a game where I might have a play that I wanted to go back and take a look at. And I would tell you this, you know, you times that by 10, 12 games a year for 15 years. I probably only have about three holding calls, holding situations that I regret I didn't call. Okay. Excellent. If I would have called all those holding calls that look funky to me, I would have never made it for another for those 15 years as a referee. Excellent. I'd have been I'd be doing something else. Now, when it comes to player safety things, I I I probably had the opposite view that hey, if if I had doubt about it being roughing the passer, if I had doubt about it uh, with other situations, the flag was down. Um, and very, I I don't remember too many situations about getting a downgrade. Uh, on a player safety situation. So, you know, for a no call. So, you know, just separate your, your player safety from your non-player safety files, uh, but recognize doubt. Uh, it's not a weakness. So. All right. So thanks, Bill. There's a number. Uh, if you want to call in any questions, comments on anything we talked about tonight or anything kind of open phone lines, it's ready to go. Um, we're going to, before we go to the phone lines, give everybody a chance to, call in because it usually it seems to take people a little while to call in. We're going to go to the play of the week for this week. So there's a number. As we go to the play, I'm going to pull the number down so it doesn't get in the, in the play uh, just so that way. So kind of if you're going to call, go ahead. We'll put the number back up at, at the end of the play. So we'll, bring the, we'll take the number down now, and we're going to go to the play of the week. So now it's time for this week, MIB Town Line's play of the week for September 1st. So we'll go wide. We're going to go wide on this so we can see the play. And here's the play. And some of our, uh, our viewers may, uh, may find this play uh, familiar, but it's just a still, okay? There's no, there's no action on this play right now. It's a still. And there was a question earlier about formations. Like I told you, this is what we're going to talk about uh, next week. We're going to talk about formations and how we have to make formations legal or how they're illegal. So... The question on this still, all right, this is all you got. You're, you're looking at this play. The question is, is this formation, it's real simple, is this formation legal? It's, is this a legal formation, yes or no? That's simple. This is a yes or no. I'll go back to it one more time. There it is. There's the formation. Is this formation legal? Yes or no? And we will talk about it next week and here is how you do this you you can participate on the twitter on the poll at officially speak or you can email me tim at mibtmedia.com okay that's that's what we're going we're going this is how we're, we're going to do this and so that way we've had lots and lots of feedback so i want to thank everybody who has done that so the call-in lines are open this week's winner 
of a 2019 Bill Lanier's Best Practices DVD and t-shirt by drawing is Tom Pelletier. Tom, thank you for your comment. We'll be getting you a t-shirt and the DVD in the mail. Be sure to comment so you can get qualified to, or send me an email or you know, retweet it or do something so you can get qualified for the giveaway here at MIBTonline.com. So that's kind of it for this week, but we're gonna go to the phone lines and let's see if we got anybody in the phone lines. And we don't. So nobody's calling in, which is fine. That's great. We can go home early. Alex, we're gonna go, guess we're gonna get to go home early. We're gonna close up shop. So um, how, I saw you typing over there. Is there any, uh, any uh, more comments there, Robert, before we call it a night? Yeah, I have to give a big shout out to Bill. It was worth the price of a mission, what you shared there about uh, you know, the two buckets when, you know, in your career. Thank you, Bill Lamagna. You make us stronger uh, with all your wisdom. And I, I just needed to pass that on from these viewers. Is that from you or that's from, that's from the viewers? It is from me too. Yeah, want, for me too, but it's also but primarily it's so from funny the viewers. Because they don't want to call in and talk to Bill. They got Bill available. How often do you get to ask Bill Lamagna a question on the air? And nobody's calling in. So they're all scared of Bill. They're scared of you. Nobody wants to talk to you. They want to tell you on, on text how cool and great you are, but they don't even want to call in and say it. Can you believe that? You know. Sure. That's problem. My wife doesn't want to talk to me. So <laughs> I have to look over my shoulder. Oh man! All right. So how many viewers do we have have watching live tonight? Oh. Uh, twenty nine. Twenty nine. Not one person out of the twenty nine wants to call in and say. <laughs> And have a question. That's fine. We'll, we'll call it a night. So, hey, I do appreciate everybody watching. So, uh, thank you so much. Um, you know, it's been a great, great meeting, and we we learned a lot. The Alabama cutoff. So, I'm going to run around the panel and say thanks to everybody. Uh, Stan, you know, we appreciate you sending in the uh, videos for us. We do. We really do. Because without that, we got a couple more. Maybe we'll we'll bring them uh, as we move along. So, thank you very much for for being here. And and I and you know, I know you're getting to work. So lucky you, huh? Yeah, and uh, we're having we're having fun, and we've um, we have been very blessed in our association that we actually had an increase in in recruit in recruiting this year, and we've got good uh, new numbers, uh, bigger numbers than we had the last two years, and so we've got a lot of guys that are excited about becoming high school football officials, and um, we're happy to to train them and and uh, get them ready, and so we're ready to go. So I'll keep sending you some more stuff every week. Appreciate appreciate all the uh, the contributions. Thank you, Bill Lamagne. Hey, good luck this week. We can't. We're gonna we're gonna ask you next week how it goes with your with your debut from the uh, Bill Lamagne uh, Tinley Park oh, Studios. Yeah. It, it should be interesting. I think at first it would be awkward, but uh, I, hopefully we get used to it quickly. Um, but Monday night BYU and Navy, and uh, we'll see how it goes. Go so. go Navy. Go. Well, I have I have to say that. You know, being a I, know I have to say that. So, <laughs> Robert, you bar any last minute chats, anything like that, we're going to call it a night. Yeah, I got to end on this last chat because it happens to be Bill's theme tonight. Someone's going to go home and watch or stay home and watch the Oklahoma Boise State Championship games <laughs> in Bill's honor. So, uh, it's been wonderful. Thank you, guys. We got to find football somewhere. We can always find it on a TV set. All right. Want to thank Alex over there, Alex Cam, there he is in the control room running the show as usual. Alex, nobody wanted to talk to us tonight. Oh, well, that's all right. Oh, what do you got, Alex? 
I want to see you guys call in. I know. That's all I want to say. That's, that's all. Alex, ask me a question. Al, ask, ask Alex. Ask, ask Alex a technical question. <laughs> ask me a question about life. <laughs> Alex. talk football. You'll get a perspective from a 19-year-old, okay, who's in, uh, in college. So how, how often do we get to talk to those folks? So, all right, I'm out. We're out. I appreciate everybody for watching tonight. We'll be back next week, and maybe we'll have some callers. Um, I'm Tim Kiefer from MIBTOnline.com. Thanks for being a member. Thanks for everything, and we'll catch you next week right here. Same place, same channel, 7 p.m. Central. Have a great night, everybody. Thanks for listening to the MIBTOnline.com podcast. Join today at MIBTOnline.com. We'll catch you next time.